Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? to Slasher Boot Camp. I am your drill instructor, and I will be teaching you the tips on how to survive a slasher movie and become a true Scream Queen, or Final Girl. Ready to learn, sir. Cadet, it is barely 30 seconds into your training, and you are practically naked. Roger Corman would be proud. Well done. <laughs> sir, I have an interesting character that the audience meets in the first five minutes. I'm confident I can make an impact. You're dead. Oh, well, I have a backup character who is full of attitude and has a boyfriend. Excellent. We will come back to that. Now, you're all in the house and you are having your slumber party. And the lights go out. You hear strange noises outside. What do you do? I go outside and investigate. Alone? Uh, yes, sir. You're dead. Now, you will assume <laughs> the role of one of the remaining slumber party attendees. Now, the lights come back on, and the back door swings open. It is your creepy neighbor bleeding from the abdomen. A dark shadow looms in the doorframe. What do we do? I'm going to hide with my boyfriend who just showed up. Noted. I'm going to go look for help. Where do we go? The police? The hospital? No, sir. I'm going to bang on the neighbor's door and hope they answer. Oh, good job. That is an excellent course of action. Really? No, you're dead. Oh. My boyfriend and I totally hid in the garage. <laughs> Do you engage in any promiscuity? No, <laughs> but yes. Excellent. You're both dead. Oh. Okay, last chance. You knock the intruder, crazed murderer, to the ground, and he is not moving. His weapon is at his side. What do you do? Do we run away? I agree. We run away and leave him alone. Like, yeah, absolutely. Totes alone. <laughs> you leave the lunatic alone with the potential to wake up again and give a chance to kill you? Yes, yes sir. sir. <sighs> we'll call it for today. 
Next week, we'll review the proper way to fall when being chased by a killer and getting caught despite your major distance you are ahead of him. Dismissed. <laughs> Sorry, yes, sir. <laughs> when he grabs my leg and, like, kind of does the tug and <laughs> I can't fully get away. Wowza. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Real Feels Podcast. Every two weeks, we bring you a brand new movie genre with a brand new movie. And gentlemen, what is that? Fortnightly. Perfect. And today, folks, we are bringing you our slasher horror in the midst of October. Halloween is on the horizon. Oh, very good. And uh, today's movie is 1982's The Slumber Party Massacre. Do we have some bean footage for this? Well, this this oh. bean footage is rated NC-17. Hold on. <laughs> oh, we have some bean footage. <laughs> the basketball team is planning a party. A slumber party to bare their souls. All the girls are coming. Except Mary and Linda. And they won't be missed. The party begins at 8 o'clock. It's a slumber party for old time's sake. Love it too. Do you think I'm getting better? <laughs> but be on the lookout for an uninvited guest. Please, please. When the pizza arrives, things really start jumping. Some people may have to leave early. But others will hang around. And hang around. Courtney, you're underage. Negative. Let's go. You're not going to eat that dead guy's pizza. I feel better already. Really, I do. But for those who stay, there'll be plenty of surprises. <laughs> and non-stop action. For sure, no one's getting any sleep the night of the Slumber Party Massacre. Close your eyes for a second and sleep forever. Oh, yeah. I like this movie. I like this movie. So hey, Drew, guys, this is host. This is host Drew. <laughs> yeah, Drew, this is this is Nathan. This is the boyfriend who looks like a like a anthropomorphized penis with a red Ooh. wig on his name is john minor this will be the friend that shows up and puts hot dogs on his face uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah condiments do you have any steaks uh, he, he's got teenage pregnancy written all over him. <laughs> oh jesus yeah. <laughs> all right well hey slumber party massacre 1982 it uh that it was a good a year it was a good year. Jack was born. Boy. And, and this movie, I believe, came out prior to my delivery and also after my delivery. It, I think it premiered in L.A. September 10th, 1982, and it premiered in New York somewhere around November 10th or 11th of 1982. 
I didn't know that, that about the uh, like the second premiere. Uh, it is directed by Amy Holden Jones, who actually had a really interesting career for the way that she started this. She had a film go into a film festival, and one of the judges was Martin Scorsese, who was actually quite impressed with her work. And from there, a couple of years down the line, she called up Scorsese and, you know, was asking him, like, do you remember me? And he did. And then she got the call to become his assistant on oh. Taxi Driver. And from and from Taxi Driver, she went and worked for Roger Corman doing some editing on Hollywood Boulevard. And she also did some editing for Joe Dante. And finally, she had accepted a job. She was going to be the film editor for E.T. She was going to work for Steven Spielberg. But she wanted now, to break into Roger Corman's E.T. Extra tits. <laughs> <laughs> tit slicer. She, she wanted to break into <laughs> tit slicer. Ass puncture. <laughs> Folks, we're not being misogynistic. This is all part of the movie here. It's all part of the film. Uh, she wanted to break into filmmaking. So she took a script that had been written called Don't uh, Don't Open the Door and she thought to herself, like, let's see what I can do. So she filmed the prologue of the movie itself and she showed it to Roger Corman, who was actually impressed. And he said, what did you do this for? And she said a thousand dollars. So he agreed to finance. Throw in some tits and some drugs and I'll finance you, baby. And that's exactly what it is, because he agreed to finance it. But if you're doing a Roger Corman film, you have to have three things. Tits, butts and blood. And that's exactly in, what so this movie has. In the has. trailer. I'm pretty sure that it straight up just shows ass like it's it's 2021 and they don't even get it's like, yeah, this is the normal thing. I'm like, well, there's no way that this just but you got to at the same time, Nathan, Deep Throat had come out previously during, you know, the Watergate era. So that's when porn was becoming less of like, oh, let me clutch my pearls. <laughs> <laughs> and and more artistic expression. And I think that what well, you know what uh, and folks, artistic expression had air quotes. You can't see them. Before we jump into how I think Jack and I reacted to this film, I want to give Drew ample time to rightly build his fortifications and defend this movie because Jack and I <laughs> will be flanking and assaulting this hill from either ends. This is, this is like gladiator. <laughs> Call him on the right. Call him on the left. Uh, Move as one. On. Shadows and uh, dust. So, Drew, the floor is yours. Please tell us. Sometimes all the frost about... makes the blade stick. Stick. Okay. Here's the thing. I. Everyone knows, like, I love me some horror, and I really, really do. It's my favorite genre. And when I pulled slasher horror out of the grab bag many moons ago, back in December, I knew I had my work come out, cut out for me because this was probably going to be the hardest one to pick. And I didn't necessarily want to go with something as cliche as a pick as Scream, even though Scream would have been perfect. It really would have. It's it is a quintessential slasher. It gave a rebirth to the slasher genre in the 90s. And right. it's meta. It's super meta, which makes it even more enjoyable. I'm, I'm for one. I'm glad you didn't choose Scream. I'd never mm. seen this movie and I never really cared much for Scream. So okay. that's that's a, that's a that's a point in your favor. OK, point. So that's a point in Jack's favor that you didn't. But for me, I'm I'm kind of the opposite. I, you know me. I like low hanging fruit. You do. I like the ones that that are semi to the masses and 
hit very safe notes. Scream, obviously not safe at its time, but now we look, it, it is the meta, like you said, it is the meta. It is the foundation almost right. of what we look back on as these slasher horrors that are wildly mm-hmm. successful. So, so I would have enjoyed it, but Jack yeah, wouldn't. And, and I think this is just one of those movies that, I mean, if you are a true fan of slasher or just horror in general, I think this is going to be like a niche pick where it could, you know, speak to you. It could definitely not speak to you. This movie at its time was wildly successful because it had a budget of $250,000. It made $3.5 million. That's almost 15% of its, uh, or sorry, 15 times its budget back. That's pretty great. And the movie itself is, it's speaking out against the sexist nature of the film industry at the time and even society, where if you look at the movie, a lot of the roles and jobs that were actually typically given to men the telephone operator or repairman, the uh, the basketball coach, the home repair person. These are all jobs that would typically have been seen by men. But you have all women in it and everything in this movie actually kind of like gives power to women, especially when you get towards the ending and you actually see the, you know, metaphorical penis get destroyed. It's it's a great film. It has fun kills and it's constantly filled with these moments of like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Don't do that. Don't do that. I think it's fun. It's it's a hoot for me. And I, I very much enjoy it. It, it has had three or sorry, two sequels. And there is like an adjacent movie called Cheerleader Massacre, which is supposed to be connected in the same universe. There's also two other films called Sorority House Massacre one and two. And it, it just kind of kept going with it. It's it's a fun film for me. If I may. You may. And, and you that is a very well-researched term paper response. Uh, but let's say, uh, let's say that, you know, uh, adolescent, you know, 12, 13, 14-year-old uh, Jack Nathan and Drew are uh, over at uh, uh, one of our houses for a sleepover. And uh, one of the parents comes downstairs and watches just the first five minutes, and and Drew's sitting there going, "No, no, like it's it's it is it's feminist. And the, they they got all these roles, and like and he the, she emasculates him at the end. It's like no, this is this is tits ass and gore. Like this is like a glorified snuff film for Christ's sake. Turn it off. <laughs> this is the kind of movie that there was the." section because blockbuster didn't have like the the back room like, you know there was not a porn section but they right. they had what they called like super action <laughs> which was sort of code word for like this is an action movie but it's mostly just a bunch of tits and asses i feel at first glance that that for a movie that's an hour and 16 minutes long that's really all i got out of it nathan i am going to take the route of the reason why this movie was stumbling so hard for me is because we, we are all very well versed that I love like puzzle horror. I like. I thought you were going to go, I love tits. <laughs> <laughs> I love boobs. Then Nathan should Not love bloody this. bloody boobs, okay? <laughs> you keep the blood off them. No, I like when the horror film, and this is kind of why I liked, uh, in a strange way, Scream. And I know what you did last summer. I still know what you did. Like, all of those 
very cookie cutter Valentine, uh, you know, slashers, they resolve themselves with a little bit more purpose. Puzzle por- uh, puzzle por- puzzle horror usually is like, you are all here because of some reason. And it's like, oh, and they're figuring it out and, and things mean things. And if you're paying attention, you pick stuff up and this is really cool. All right. Ooh, I got to pay attention. This has literally nothing at the end besides this guy delivers a couple lines of like, oh, I'm going to kill you. Like, tell me about the rabbits, George. Like, it just, wait, wait what? <laughs> what, what are you going on about? And he's just like, you're so pretty. The neighbor was almost more creepy than the, so the serial killer. Yeah, okay, let, we'll talk about the neighbor the in a minute. I, watched yeah. it, I was like, oh, is he going to be the bad guy? They're in cahoots. A master and the apprentice. <laughs> Two there are. No more, no less. So, again, this movie not having a motive, a real, like, oh, not a, not even a twist, but, like, a, a reason why this... Okay, give it to me, Drew. Okay, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to jump in right there. Girl, that's the beauty of it. <laughs> I No, 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 no. I agree to the point where, like, your villain has no real motive. Like, we don't get a backstory for him. We don't understand exactly who he is. And really, the only type of, like indication that there is a killer on the loose is the radio and then the newspaper that ha- that's like on the ground as you know the kid you know chucks it that's it we just know that like a homicidal maniac has escaped that's all it is it's not a matter of like why he's choosing her why he stole the barbie doll out of like the trash can how he you know is he does he really like follow them the entire day there's there's nothing to say exactly like what exactly are his motives aside from he's batshit crazy and that's it i mean even his lines like his first line he's like a pretty all of you are very pretty please don't do this i love you and it's because like the character had like the backstory is like he uh, he had read like Helter Skelter. And that's where that line came from for the script. And even the actor purposely like kept his distance while on set. He didn't interact with the girls. So when they actually had these scenes together, there was this creepy tension and it worked. But I, I agree. There's nothing to the killer that you're almost like buying into. For me, disservices the movie because it. At many key points, I mean, many, many points, I said the words, what the fuck is this? (laughs) And there was no real answer of like, of what am I watching? Like, am I watching just someone killing girls and just kind of like doing these weird hideaways? So there was a good 20 minutes of nothing happening except jump scares. And I'm like, all right, I. Hey, I I love a good jump scare, you know, to like kind of misdirect. But when it's like back to back to back to back and they haven't even I'm like, well, well, all right, well, are we slasher anymore? Is this just like, oh, it's the cat. Oh, (laughs) shit. Uh, uh." And and for me, uh, I never really cared much for the Halloween series, but I really did when I was, you know, that sleepover age, uh, enjoyed the hell out of some Friday the 13th. And for me, that that is a a more solid series. I mean, it's, it's definitely more prolific because you know, the nudity is there, but it's sort of like a seasoning. 
Like it's just like a like a little like parsley thrown over the baked potato. Right. Where and this like within literally two minutes of the the credits, she wakes up and then she's got to get dressed for school. So we get some teenage titties and then we have a basketball scene and then a little bit of exposition with the two guys and the uh the telephone repair woman and then shower scene time and like awkwardly zooming or like going down and then coming i'm like whoa whoa but that's all it was the shower scene was literally because they had to fill roger corman's requirements much like in any roger corman movie that you watch in the first two minutes you will have nudity. And, you know, I get some actresses uh, disagreed and wouldn't allow themselves to be filmed nude. Uh, I think it's, uh, you know, there there's always the unicorn in those movies where it's like it should have been her. And I think we all know who that was. Uh, the uh, little girl in the, the negligee at the uh, sleepover. Oh, the, mm. uh, the little... The, little uh, the, the one ethnic girl in this whole film? Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That was, that was the unicorn of the film. Roger Corman should have should doled out that money for that but uh no uh we we got the we got the bitchy white girls just like i live in la and our windows are open and there's no shade so let's just change right here and then how could they a how could they not hear the two teenage boys looking through a window with no screen and no no shades drawn uh just going like oh 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 i need to give her more attention and then who what sort of maniac empties an ashtray outside, outside. of the window like that's that's the like people live there yeah, this is my like, there's, there's, the, there's no like there's no ashtray can there's just like uh, let's just you know let's throw this out the window the, the character of trish went back into the kitchen because they heard shattering glass and she's like oh no i left the coffee pot on the coil and it was on what does she first do she immediately walks over and picks it up with her bare hands and feels it like if that just shattered that glass would still be scalding hot yeah again it, it, that's the whole thing of a horror movie like how do they not hear them how do they not see them the fact that diane is screaming in the garage bloody murder the girls inside at the same home apparently can't hear her because the blender is on making strawberry daiquiris but val and her sister across the street courtney heard diane scream in the garage <laughs> and the maui wowie seedless <laughs> maui wowie oh <laughs> uh, so speaking of maui wowie i think we should uh talk about mr content uh the creepy what? creepy neighbor i get why he was home at the slumber like he he popped into the slumber party house because he like you know i got to see this guy wow and he like smells the bag but then why is he also popping in across the street or next door at the other basketball player who got sort of ostracized because she overheard the cat talk about her in the bathroom like oh is he just like the creepy wandering about neighborhood to make sure everything's all right oh i'm not gonna announce myself to these teenage girls rewind it back further look at what he was in the beginning where he's just like standing there and i was like oh is that like like her brother or something it's the neighbors and and she's like mr content will be watching you it's okay and he's just like standing there just like almost like ogling he has like i'm gonna fuck your daughter written all over his face he should have been the goddamn serial killer i mean the other guy could have played mr content i think he honestly should have i think that would have actually been kind of interesting of a twist because so when so he or if they're right or maybe they're working yeah so he sneaks into the house because he can't he doesn't know where Trish is and says that the door was open, but 
he's upstairs like sneaking around upstairs sniffing panties like what exactly like what is he doing and then he goes outside and then you have i think it was it was diane diane was sent outside to go get firewood and she's like ew gross a snail and that's when he chops it with like a kitchen machete a, a butch cleaver. Cleaver. Nice. it's a cleaver why'd i say butch <laughs> kitchen machete <laughs> It's a butcher's knife. I'm sorry, Jack's like right. You, it's like the, uh, the the Google translation of uh, the the Chinese symbols for cleaver. Okay. Kitchen he machete. Ch- so he kills. That's going to be a nice saying. Um, so he kills the snail with a a butcher's knife. Or sorry, a cleaver. And he's like, ah, that's fifty three. Like you've been outside killing like. 52 snails that's that's what your like go-to has been at and night. he says it's the only way yeah no. you got some fucking salt salt or yeah. pick up one of the blocks of wood that it's crawling over and just smash them it, what? Just smash it yeah. see that's yeah. the Wash other thing them. where it's like a little clarified his... butter throw right. it in the oven a little escargot. Oh, a little garlic there you go he's he's getting his rocks off by like you know going around hacking snails so when the next moment is like, oh, 50, 53, 54, and he gets drilled through the neck. I was like, Ugh. I mean, you obviously know he's not the killer at that point, but my, the back of my mind is thinking he has a girl tied up in his house and now no one's ever going to find her. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, she's dead. That one, whoever that girl is, she dead. Mm. No, how great it would have been like when she's lifting the logs and she says, ew, all of a sudden arrow hits the snail and he goes, the snail breeze so loud we could have shot it in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, super creepy, super creepy neighbor. I think that it could have been, I could, it could have gone either way. And all right, so the two two guys that uh, obviously Jeff like, and Neil, Jeff and Neil. So they're giving a little rub and tug together. Probably like each. Okay, this whole they're time across across the streams. They're just I, spying. I thought for sure that they were They're like, not wanking it outside the window. <laughs> Total well, platonic like, reversal. I kind of thought that they had a thing for each other, especially when they're sitting on the bed and they're like, all right, we got to help them out. And it like, uh, <laughs> like oh my are God. Are you going to kiss right now? Are you going to kiss? Is like this like the, the South Park you, Hardy's boy, Hardy Boys. Like, I've, <laughs> got, I've got some clues over here. Let's it's check this. Let's, let's check this slipper party. Oh, I've got such a hard clue right now. Oh, Jesus. So there's a moment in this. You did this, Drew. Don't you Jesus me. (laughs) This part of the movie kind of reminds me of a a film that comes later on that I think you guys may very well disagree with me on this, but I almost am going to put this as the pinnacle for me of slasher films, a film that is both slasher and that kind of survival, the, the tables turn. It will be in a later segment for me. Okay. You're next. <gasps> Excellent. Love, Excellent love, choice. Love, 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 love that movie. Excellent choice. So when, and when the girl, when, the, you know, when she runs out and there's the, the wire. So I thought for a second that that's where they pulled this from. I was like, no way. Is Drew showing us like the origins of, of some of like of my your favorite next. stuff? And I was like, oh no, they just ran to opposite ends. So, Somehow so this guy just... Slumber Party Massacre is sort of like, that's so Wizard Annie. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> Phantom Menace of... 
next level <laughs> slasher stuff. Like, you know that that slasher movie you really like? Want to see when he was an orphan kid and a slave? <laughs> there you go. Uh, are you an angel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I will give this movie something, though. Their slumber party outfits are absolutely perfect. <laughs> Maybe the best choice of this whole movie. The Dodger little outfit, the the like uh, Michael Jordan kind of jersey, U- Team USA Olympic, and then the the nice little nighty. They're all perfect. <laughs> but then you also okay, <laughs> us watching this now is very different than what we would have watched it as kids. Because as right. kids, it just would have been like boobies. Oh my gosh, this ass. Why? Now you watch it and go, wait a minute. These are supposed to be high school girls. Right. Rewind and slow motion. Rewind (laughs) and slow motion. That was like 12, 13 years old. Oh, yeah. Now you're sort of like, ugh, it's kind of uncomfortable now. Here here are my hands. I'm really not doing anything. I'm just trying to get through the film. And I I feel like during the shower scene, the one girl whose butt they showed, like, she was, like, forgot she was supposed to be acting, was actually, like, for a second there, I thought she was really going to get into the crack and and they had to like like cut real quick and be like i don't know no buttholes not no no buttholes you're not you're not really cleaning like you're you're already clean like just just get the suds on it just let the suds run down the crack of your ass (laughs) that's roger corbin in the background just like yeah suds that ass oh my god (laughs) so the director for this was amy holden jones correct yes yes so was she going like "Mm mm-hmm uh, girl who plays Trish. No, but the, the writer of the script might have been. Oh, okay. well, the, so the writer for the script, which was originally based, uh, which was uh, which was written by a very uh, outspoken uh, feminist and very famous author, which her name escapes me. I mean, the and director a member of the LGBT, uh, sorry, LGBTQ community. Yes, she was. Yeah. The director even had commented like to today. She says that the shower scene is a bit cringy, but it's it's just kind of like what it is. It was it was like, all right, let's get it done that we've met the requirements. We're going to move on. And I mean, it's it's a short but sweet film. There is another version, if I remember correctly, that makes it up to. I Three think hours. I think 90 minutes. I think there's like an exit, like an alternate scene, maybe uh, I think an alternate ending. But for 12 kills in this movie, that. If you do the math, that's a kill every six minutes and 33 seconds. Okay. So the, you know, you say the shower scene was sort of like, like checking boxes. It, um, it was, it had to be. Well, no, also, I get that, but it, it's, they double checked. It's, the it's, it's sort of like MasterChef or something where it's like, you know, Gordon Ramsay's standing up there. It's Roger Corey was like, and I've got this perfect stunning egg and I like it scrambled. But you can't just scramble me one egg. You have to scramble as many eggs as you can in 15 minutes. <laughs> All right, Gordon Ramsay. Here's your, your fucking scrambled asses and titties. All right. Good for you. Good for you. Let's have them get dressed all, all together as a group and downstairs. I was like, oh, I don't think girls do that, but sure. 
For this movie, <laughs> sure, I, why not? I'll allow it. It's kind of funny because like, if you look at like certain things, it's really clever throughout the movie for certain kills. Like Linda was the girl who got killed in the locker room after she got locked inside. After she got like slashed in the arm and she went to go hide. She's in that she's in that room hiding underneath the table and she sees like the blood pooling on the ground. So she reaches up and it's a beautifully shot scene if you look at it. And she takes the towel and she starts like sopping up her blood because she feels like it's going to, you know, obviously alert somebody. He's outside the door and he notices the blood, turns around, takes the drill and he's going to drill and he's drilling through the door. If you look in the background, the paper that's on the wall, it says emergency drill procedures, which is <laughs> pretty Pretty funny for me. Waka waka. Compliance. One drill, two drill. While they're even at the party and the guys are there and the, you know suddenly they get that and they're like, oh, the pizza guy. The pizza guy's here. So the guys go to the door and they're like, all right, hey, what's the damage? And the, the guy says, six so far. And you're like, wait, but only five people have died. Door opens. Oh, look, it's an eyeless pizza man and he falls to the ground there's your sixth kill <laughs> yeah so i thought coach Jana, i thought coach Jana and pam the like hand was it the handy woman oh like there's the handy woman there there was the telephone well the telephone woman. lady died like in the she first couple of minutes early. uh no, but, but you're talking about the lady who's fixing her her uh, peephole and her shelving yes you thought they were a couple totally thought or that they that i was like "Ooh, this could be like this is this i hope is something gonna happen with these two like is there gonna be some more more uh movement no just like all right later girl later oh like but you've got Nathan, that's not the, how that's not how the movie works the peephole was a metaphor for broadening her outlook and saying i don't need to hang out with these bitches and then the fixing of the shelves was like yeah you know what i got a great rack but i don't have to show it off every five minutes it's <laughs> metaphor it's allegory it's symbolism it's feminism and do girls talk i can't wait to shit on a movie that you love <laughs> <laughs> Do girls o talk? Only thing is, you pick things I like to. Like this. So that girl, like, <laughs> I can't stand like, Valerie. Walk her away from us, but she's she, such a dumb she plays bitch. basketball so well, and it's like. You're at a fucking locker room. Sound travels. Of course she's going to hear you. <laughs> but I thought it was just going to be for the old game, just like old times. This is a local store for local people. There's nothing for you. Yeah. You're such a snob, Diane. I know. All the good ones are. <laughs> and I thought there was no, a little that, bit sorry, more. Sorry, that, that line that mm, all the good ones are, you know, as, as far as the, the snobbishness, that's that's almost like the uh, the Marilyn Monroe fake quote up on a girl's wall. It's like, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. It's oh, like, a well, no, come on, come on. Oh, I thought you were going to say like, schnozberry. Who's ever heard of a schnozberry? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, he catches her mouth. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Uh, we <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the pizza they should have the... played up. It should have been like, did anyone order sausage. an extra sausage? <laughs> and then uh, he was he was one of the uh, production crew members. Actually, did anybody in this film go anywhere? Did anybody really do anything after this? That besides, oh well, I mean, Linda, the girl who got. Uh, killed in the locker room. Frank Stevens. Uh, you know, uh, underneath the underneath the uh, the table. 
I mean, it was a kill off screen. This was her first speaking role. You have uh, the girl who played Trisha and Valerie, like they both went on to do horror movies. Yeah, like, I mean, lots of the women in this film definitely went on to do other horror. I can't necessarily think of anything off the top of my head right now. I know they did. Besides the director, uh, the actresses were the only, like, they did other slasher movies. Because I, I, there's the cast is finite. So I Wikipedia'd all them and all of their uh, filmographies and IMDb's were horror movies going up to, like, the early 90s. And then it just sort of fizzles out. Right. Sorry, I should I should correct myself when I say that most of the women in the movie did go on to do other horror. The woman who played uh, the girl who played Trisha, the one who was throwing the party, she unfortunately actually took her life in 1996. So she she only had so many movies after that. But I mean, she did do other horror movies. Um, Vampire Nights, I believe, was one of them. Was that the prequel to Boogie Nights? Oh, yeah. The girl who played Trisha, she was in a movie with uh, Chuck Norris, Hero in the Terror. I've never watched it. Wasn't it. Sidekicks. Mm, wasn't Sidekicks. <laughs> I wish it was, though. She was in uh, Death With, Wish uh, 4? Yeah. Um, she was, oh, one of... <laughs> <laughs> one movie I really like, one really one movie I like for uh, New Year's Eve is called New Year's Evil. And, I mean, this was made two years before Slumber Party Massacre, but she's in that. That's another That's another good True. movie. So th- this, this ultimately so. won your pick... <laughs> What were your three? So we have Scream. What were your other two like top contenders for this genre? And again, I judge this genre from a very wonky position because I've watched maybe seven slasher horror films realistically, like growing up. I didn't get to watch many. So all of my stuff came later on and was all like the jumping back in with, with Valentine and I know what you did last summer, that kind of that kind of stuff, not this older, uh, more like rooted, the golden age of boobs the and golden blood. age. Um, so what, why did this one stand <laughs> out beyond the three, the top three? So this one stood out for me because I, I think it's a bit underrated in my opinion, but I know that it has like that loving cult following for other ones that did have my attention was 1984's The Mutilator, which The Mutilator is, is very, very good. Uh, Scream was another contender. If I probably had to pick another third that it might have been a coin toss between uh, the original Black Christmas and mm, I don't know. I mean, maybe Chopping Mall. Chopping Mall is pretty hilarious as well. You just uh, smile and nod because you have no idea what they Sounds are. Sounds <laughs> delightful. The original My Bloody Valentine is also pretty great. So uh, does anyone want to talk about the uh, symbolic oh. phallus in the room? Oh, the the, the oh. driller killer's drill? Uh, that, that was one scene that did get me, give the, me the a little bit of like, like ah, It's between his right. legs. And he, you just see his spread legs and the drill hanging down and the girl's like, oh. Well, and I mean, the, the director had said, and I'm Jackal just kind of smiling out of this as well. But the director had said that it was even years later that she it it kind of like came to her to realize that like a big portion of this movie is like a, uh, a woman's fear of losing her virginity. And that's exactly what this scene is, where you have a man with a big old tool and he's going to hurt me with it. Tubuku, Tubuku. Uh, I don't know. Uh, the, the drill. I think is I think is fun. It's a it's a great killing tool because it's but so highly different. impractical. 
Highly, right, right. highly but that's impractical. What, but that's what makes this so, like, you know, in its own element. You don't have a knife, despite the fact that he kills two people with knives, or with the knife. He is going at them with a drill, a, a big O power drill. I don't know. I think it's great. And when she chops it off with the machete, or she breaks it and it falls into the pool, I mean, she is essentially, like, castrating him. She almost like renders him useless, then chops off his hand and slices his gut and he falls into the pool. Also, I noticed in this film, there's no good kill lines. I always... Oh, like... She could have said something like, you know, (laughs) drill time's over. Instead of like, play time's over. Or or, even the, the, the typical, like, drill this and... Like with the, with the sword, just that would have been good. Something there's yeah no there's not necessarily like uh, you're right like a kill line. There's just more lines from the characters like you know the uh, Val says to her her younger sister like shut up and drink your Kool Aid. You have uh, you know you're a snob Diane. Uh, when he finally speaks to her like his first line is the whole like I love you. It it takes a lot of love for someone to do this. <laughs> Which sounds like super rapey. <laughs> I kind of like the line from the uh, the heroine, uh, you know, calling to her sister upstairs who's uh, reading uh, her Playgirl. sister's uh, Playboy. Playgirl, but, yeah, Playgirl, Playgirl yeah. magazine. Uh, I'm just studying my biology. <laughs> I really need oh, to come, concentrate. Come don't laugh. All right. Don't tear out the centerfold. <laughs> <She's> like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I think Courtney is a is a really fun character because she's just like full of attitude. She wants to go to the party so much. She wants to grow up. And I love the fact that the sister made fun of her and joking said like, oh, you were jerking guys off in the fifth grade. No, I wasn't. Wait a minute. Did you tell mom? No, I made that up. You liar. Which you're like, oh, God. <laughs> Oh, God. And she also <laughs> participates in the final kill of the... Uh, yeah, she does. The yeah. killer. Yeah. That's not He's traumatizing downfall. at all. Mm. Right. He almost like actually kills himself because he he jumps and he lands on the on the machete. Ugh. It's kind of neat because Slumber Party Massacre 2 actually picks up right where that movie leaves oh, off. Oh, God. I was hoping. Drew, I was hoping <laughs> oh, that, it, you know, it would it would pick up that the... Continuity is <laughs> everything in this game. The story would keep going because... <laughs> Give me more. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, Drew. You're not sorry. <laughs> Wilson, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. It doesn't have to be everybody's cup of tea. It's it's mine. And it's mine. I, that I saw is, it in his eyes. And, and I took it from him. <laughs> I like it. At you know, at the end, you have you have three. You have three final girls. You have Trish, Val, and Courtney. Which, again, Court is traumatized forever. Oh, that girl she's horribly traumatized. Done. Any All man she that... wanted was her makeup done and to, and to, see, like if boys, to see if boys Am were I at the party. to be pretty? <laughs> I feel so pretty. <laughs> well, shall we segments? <laughs> Let's segment into the segments. Segments. All right. We're having a slumber party. We've all had some sleepovers in our childhood. Some that have stood the test of time. The movies are set, the snacks are put out, and everyone's camping out in the living living room. Discuss a slumber party or a time that you had your friends over for a weekend while your parents were away that you remember where something crazy or eventful happened. Did you have rules for whomever fell asleep first? 
Did you stay up late and sneak in a scary movie? Let's hear about it. So my uh, best, like, I guess slumber party, because I didn't really get to do many, like, slumber parties with no parents at all. I don't know. I just, I was always under some type of supervision. So my slumber parties kind of came a little bit later. Um, and when I was over at my buddy's house, we were playing World of Warcraft, doing our thing. He left to go to a party and a couple of us stayed back and we were just, uh, it was just going to be like, you know, guys night. We're just kind of hanging out and most of them fell asleep, but myself and one other stayed up and we're playing and we got a call from one of our other friends that said, Hey, Ryan is extremely drunk. You need to come get him. Like, okay, sure. Yeah, we're on our way. So we left to go pick him up and there's a point when someone becomes so intoxicated that they like their body doesn't move and they're just like limp, but they're still cognitively talking to you or like, uh, I, I hate my, and they're throwing up and you're just like, oh, this is a mess. So we're finally getting Ryan into the car and every time we move him, he's like, don't touch me. No, I'm going to throw up. I think I'm going to be sick. I think I'm going to be three. So it's almost like, an hour of getting him back home, trying to get him into the car, uh, getting him inside the house. His parents are asleep. We're like, dude, you gotta, you gotta keep it down, man. Like you're out of control. His phone is going off, and it's his sister. I'm not answering this this call, Summer. If I tell Summer that Ryan's drunk right now, it's like, like 1:30 a.m. Why is she calling him? What's going on? So finally, I answer it. I'm like. Hello, this is Nathan, and it's Charlie, Summer's husband, and he's like, Nathan, thank God it's you. Summer is drunk. She's we're at the bar. I don't have a ride here. You need to come get us. Where's Ryan? Like, oh, this is great. Ryan's drunk. I'll come get you. So we got Ryan tucked away on the couch over him. We went to pick up Summer and Charlie, brought him back, and I remember. I'm carrying Summer, Charlie's wife, like with him, like she's like a dead body. And he's like, Nathan, you're saving the family, bud. You you did great tonight. I'm like, this is really weird. This has been a really weird night. I just wanted to hang out and play World of Warcraft, but here we are. So that was my best slumber party wild event happening. Um, uh-huh. I had slumber parties were, were real f- frequent in my my childhood, starting in elementary school and carrying through they stopped you know sort of around uh high school and uh i had a buddy ryan in uh fourth and fifth grade we went to the same elementary school and then when it came time to go to uh middle school uh we were in different districts for that middle school so after that we lost touch you know there's no social media back then but his parents were like my mom where they were there but Ryan had his own TV in his room or the the family room was so far on the other side of the house away from the bedrooms that when they went to bed, we'd go out and put movies on the big screen TV. And we decided, and we would have like a minimum of two sleepovers a month. And one month we rented all of the current Friday the 13th movies. One sleepover, we did the first four. And the other sleepover, we did the last four, which this was around 1991 or 92. So the final one was was the 
most terrible one is Jason Takes Manhattan. Oh, Jason and the Muppets. But uh, like- <laughs> those, yeah, but those are all those are all always really good times uh, because the best part of the sleepover, in my my opinion, is the prep where you get you go to Blockbuster and you spend like half an hour at Blockbuster and then we would stop at the uh like the quarter market and we would get candy and soda and chips jolt cola which I think I've mentioned before that we would have our our bottles of jolt cola and then we got shot glasses from the parents bar and we're we're pouring shots of jolt cola and knocking it back while we're watching these movies <laughs> And also that, that that sleepover, many, many pairs of underwear were scorched by lighting farts on fire. Many, many, many pairs. <laughs> uh, and then in the middle school, there was my buddy, Sean. And when we would sleep over at his, his parents' house, his dad would rent the movies, but he would pay attention to what we were watching and he would suggest things for us to watch that we were probably too young to watch. And he would watch them with us to like shepherd us through the experience. So we watched like The Exorcists. Uh, we watched uh, mm. The Omen, History of the World Part 1, which is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, Goodfellas, which when you are you know, 12, 13 years old, those movies were, those are pretty big deal. So I'll always remember Sean's dad for that. And then the one time Sean came over to my house, the uh, Nintendo 64 had just come out and he came over the week that Mario Kart 64 was released. And we stayed up until and i remember documenting it like writing my mom a note before we went to bed we stayed up the latest i had ever stayed (laughs) up in my entire life up to that point till three in the morning playing grand prix and battle modes on the downstairs tv and just having a fucking blast so i i i do have some treasured memories of of the sleepovers and it seems like with with like anna's boys like that's not a thing like there's never been mentions of sleepovers. They would rather be home and like play Fortnite remotely on like the Xbox. Like it's right. Yeah, I, I think I think the days of like LAN parties and stuff is I mean, not over, but I don't think it's going to be as frequent with most yeah, it's, kids. It's a lost art. When you talked about the blockbuster, thing, I, it really is that brought back bags, so many memories of like running up to undies. each other right. going like, oh, like, what about this one? No, 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 no. I've already watched that. You know, and just OK. It. And it's like, it's so spitfire. It's like, like a draft. Like, it's oh, like a yeah, fucking like, no, 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 fantasy like, football okay, we draft. Yeah. We can, guys, we can only fucking pick two. Do you understand? Like, yeah. Oh, they have that? True lies? <laughs> oh, dude, Predator. What about Predator? <laughs> Thinking back to like the, uh, you know, old blockbuster days or even like Video City days, which, which was here in uh, in town. They didn't have like a direct horror section, but they had the back room which at the time was like the adult section and you had to like go through some beads to get to it but then once they became a little more family friendly they changed that entire room into a horror section you they put in like a creepy old bridge that you had to like walk over and walk into there was a glass case with a coffin inside but it had burnt up and like partially destroyed vhs tapes and there was a sign that said like he didn't rewind And it was fun because the entire room was just like full of horror. And of course, like I wasn't allowed to go in and rent anything. But like if I could sneak inside and just walk around and just stare at all the cover art. Oh, my gosh, that was one of the best things in the entire world. Uh, Before before you go on, there is there's one thing I want to finish up with. Did you guys ever try and succeed with what I like to call 
the old blockbuster shaved knuckle in the hole. And what that is, you get three innocuous movie picks or acceptable movie picks. And then you try to slide a movie pick into the middle, hoping that your (laughs) parent or your, your, your friend's parents don't notice just exactly what's there. Yeah. With friend's parents, we did that. If I was renting with my mom, there was no choice. There was no chance of it. She would be eyeballing those movies like a like a hawk. My dad, you could probably slip some past him. But like, I remember one time we did that with my friend's dad and he went through the movies and like the ladies like reading them off as she's scanning them. And like we rented we rented some horror movie and it just beep. And he's like, wait, what was that? And she was all like, and then he like looks down at us and he just like smiles and shakes his head. And he said, OK, <laughs> I, I had a moment where I remember Jay's dad, we watched, I think like we rented Starship Troopers like again, <laughs> and he was just like, don't you guys want to watch something else? And we're just like, no, we like that movie. He's like, it's for all the bugs, huh? Nothing else. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're doing our like, part. That was, that was a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I borrow this movie? Like. Do you need to go to like, oh, the bathroom gee. for a sec? Yeah. <laughs> I remember successfully uh, Rochambeauing my mom into accidentally renting Porky's, uh, which if you oh, have gosh. never seen, that's, that's sort of like the <laughs> 1980s version of American Pie. Yep, yep, yep. One sleepover that I remember was we were at my friend Michael's house, and it it's always a good time because his dad would make up a, like a, a delicious dinner. More often than not, we would order pizza, but kind of like at... Um, our get together, Jack, when you made pinwheels and I said my dad's friend would make pinwheels all the time. This was this dad. And I absolutely I loved his pinwheels, just like I love your pinwheels. They were delicious. They were good. So we would all hang out and watch movie. We watched movies at his house. We played, you know, video games. And we also tried the whole like, let's see who falls asleep first and put their hand in warm water and see if they pee on themselves. It didn't work. But that evening, we also went to go TP our principal's house. And we get there, we're TPing, we're TPing, it's going well, it's going great. He had he had pillars up in front of his house, and so we're wrapping TP around the pillars. And suddenly, like someone said, like, what was that? I thought I saw something in the window. And we're like, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's Release fine. Release the hounds. Keep going, keep going. And like not not 10 seconds later, you hear the front door like fly open, and you see this partially clothed figure leap over the teepee that's wrapped around the pillars and he's standing there with superhero a flashlight yeah <laughs> and he has a flashlight and he's all like what's going on here who are you and i remember staring him straight in the eye and i was like in fifth grade you'll get your money I, Wait, what? <laughs> I was like in fifth grade and i remember staring him like straight in the eye like it's dark but like i'm pretty sure it, he knew it was me but like i remember staring him straight in the eye and going <sighs> Oh, shit. And then I ran <laughs> then ran down the street. My friend's mom driving us. The door is open, but the car is going. And I'm just like, slow down, slow down. Let me, let me in the car. And we drove off. And I remember it was like a Saturday night. And mo- come Monday morning, he comes walking up to me. And he's all like, so did you have a good weekend? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. You? He's like, yeah, I didn't get much sleep, though. <laughs> Someone woke me up. <laughs> Wait, after you ran away, like a, a bead of sweat had dropped on the concrete and he goes up to it and he like touches it and kind of licks it. And he goes, 
I know that. <laughs> a presence I have not felt since. <laughs> the age of the Hallam is over. The age of the principal begins. <laughs> so that was a that was a memorable sleepover. Uh, so the the last last note I want to say out of the sleepovers, another big draw was like, yeah, dude, my mom said you could sleep over on Friday night, starting at eleven o'clock on MTV, Beavis and Butthead Moranathon, and it'd be like, yeah. So guys, was that was that where the the three years made the difference at that time? Moranathon. It it was like a. Three or four hours of pretty much the entire Beavis and Butthead catalog played back to back to back to back. It was called a Moranathon. I don't, I didn't really watch a a great deal of Beavis and Butthead when I was a kid. I I did. I watched perhaps too much. I would get like snippets (laughs) of Beavis and Butthead, and so we would quote those. And there'd be one person. The the typical, like, I'm the great corn hunter. Your shirt over your head, but like, There'd be like one or two kids that actually like had parents that did not give a shit and like let them watch whatever they want. <laughs> well, but you're older than us. So like, again, at our <laughs> age, like, like me. parents letting kids watch Beavis and Butthead or for us, it was like, dude, like, oh my gosh, my dad had a, such a problem with the Simpsons. So my parents I had to sneak over to my neighbor's house. My parents were like, that is not a good it. show. I'm like, it's a cartoon, though. And they're like, it is not appropriate. I'm like, oh, see, and nowadays we'd be all like. Oh, would we really let our kids watch things you know what, like though? Family Guy I, or I think Family Guy is the, the Cleveland example. show? I tried to watch an episode and like I had to stop it. Brickle Brickleberry. Two seconds into it, basically, as like Ethan was kind of like eyeballing it. I'm like, no, but there's so much blood. There's so much stuff that happens. And I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, 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 no. Remember, is- Chris, if she smokes, she pokes. <laughs> Get over here. <laughs> I got some popsicles. It must be my birthday. Oh. <laughs> Get your fat Get ass your over fat here, you piddly son of a bitch. No. Call me. <laughs> All right. Segment number two. You have fun talking to Boo Boo. Everyone who's been in a relationship has gotten a pet name or given one to their significant other. Whether it's from an inside joke that you two had or something endearing. Even if it's embarrassing, what's a pet name that you received or one that you gave while you were in a relationship and the story behind it? Bonus points if you give both. And I'll uh, I'll break. I'll break the ice there. So when I was dating Chelsea, one of my previous girlfriends, she she gave me the name Monkey and... I can't exactly remember what monkey came from off the top of my head right now, but monkey was just her name for me. And I, I called her goober. So, cause uh-huh. you know, she was a goofy goober and that's kind of it. I mean, nothing really special or like a super in-depth story, but that's, that's it. On most of the girls that I had like serious relationships, uh, uh, Brooke included, I never really had any like pet names for them, but once in a while on like side pieces or just like whatever chicks, I would uh, do a, a pet name here or there. And there was one girl that I, uh, we would basically just say, uh, OLT or all, which meant one last time. Oh, and like it was whenever like we were kind of like, you know, <laughs> late night texting and it's like, Hey, OLT. <laughs> Lovely. Where are we, we Nathan, you 
you were that generation's fault in our stars with always. And, you know, it, <laughs> but it was it was just kind of like we we both knew what it was. We both knew that we were flying half a ship, and <laughs> we eagles fly on a mountain, a mountain high. high. So, um, I didn't really have that many great nicknames uh, or like pet names. One of my buddies had a name for his girlfriend, and it was North Star because one, she went to North High, and two, she like always kind of like kept him on the straight and narrow. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. But yeah, I didn't really. I, I wasn't that good with pet names, but if if I may kind of chime back in, my my girlfriend that I had my senior year of high school, her mom called me like Druzy Woozy and and then she like made this little she made this little <laughs> rhyme where she was all like Druzy Woozy had a floozy and I'm like that is your daughter <laughs> that is your daughter <laughs> This is also the same woman when I called the first time to their house she thought I sounded like a phone sex operator so <laughs> you dialed <laughs> Nine hundred. I'm 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 here to pick up your daughter. She said that she had my algebra book. Goodness gracious! Uh, so the two nicknames. The first one for me was actually given to me oh. by my mom and my sister. Uh, and I brought this up because it went from embarrassing to worse. Oh, oh no. And I think this may have been mentioned at oh, I'm sure. episodes way in the past, but you know, my sister's three years older than me, and then my mom, they would call me Sweetie or Sweetie Boy until I was like, Stop calling me Sweetie. I'm not I'm not your sweetie. <laughs> and so they they somehow like like Germanized <laughs> it into Schweinz. <laughs> and so I became Schweinz. And even to this day, like my, I will call my mom and she'll be on the phone with my sister and she'll see I'm calling and she'll go, oh, I'll have to call you back, Amy. Uh, your brother's calling and my sister will go, oh, Schweinz. And my mom will go, Schweinz. That's and it's adorable, super though. embarrassing because I'm almost 40 years old. And it's it it's still it still persists to this day. Uh, the other one uh, I gave to my my lovely, lovely wife. This came from the first place that we lived in together, my old townhouse, uh, where the bathroom, downstairs bathroom, was like maybe 15 feet from the living room. And she would go in there, and if, if you know, peeing was, was all that was on the docket, most of the time the uh, the bathroom door would not be closed, so you would hear... Uh, you know, the trickle of water and then sort of like a little <laughs> and uh and see she, she she would go I had a little pee poot and uh you know she had a little little tiny fart on the toilet while taking a pee and so uh now uh, more often than not if I text my wife like instead of hey hun uh what what are your thoughts on dinner it's like hey pee poots <laughs> Any thoughts on dinner? Love it. Love it. Yep. And, and it morphs around. Sometimes it's, it's just wow. regular pee poots or pee pooters. And, you know, yeah. Love it. All right. Well, segment number three is Slasher Fest. 
You're in charge of putting together the ultimate slasher marathon. You have to pick three slashers from any era for this event. Uh, what movies are they and why? And are you bundling them together thematically? Are they all from the same decade? Possibly even the same killer? Let's hear about your slasher fest. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll, I'll go. I all just right. Went... So because I'm not uh, super adept of horror films, I go with things that are fan favorites of Nathan. So uh, nothing too outside of the out of the realm of uh, comfort. I'd like to stay low hanging sort of low slashers. Yes. Hanging. Um, so obviously like out of the the main bloodline of slashers, I somewhat like Valentine. I know it's it's like one of the worst worst scored ones. It's horrible, but I I always dug it cuz it was one of the first ones that I got to watch as a kid, and so that it just stuck with me. Loved it. Uh, the second one would be your next, which we were talking about earlier. Just it turns the slasher like stereotype on its head, and I just I fucking love it. I love that it the direction it goes. So good. And then the last one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is the most underrated of that era of the screams and all those urban legend. Nobody talks about it, and yet. I love me some nacho cheese, popcorn crap, but it's so delish. Yes, yes, it's it's good. Like it's a good movie. If if this was like I uh, very much enjoy. We were at a restaurant ordering. Drew Drew would say Nathan. I like those picks. That was those were you know I've had a lot of stuff at this restaurant. That those were good picks. I, I understand your taste. Jack, I'm sure you're like, <laughs> that looks like a packet of nerds dumped on, like, uh, <laughs> a, a filet of fish with, you know, <laughs> just like things that, but that's, that's my palate. <laughs> All right. I like it, though. I'll, I'll, I'll go next. So mine is going to be thematically uh, connected to you're not sure who the killer is or like the killer comes as a shock. And we're going to go from oldest to newest. (gasps) (laughs) And we're going to start with a, uh, oh man, a a movie that I I, I very much love. Uh, We're starting with Sleepaway Camp. And that's going to be, you know, just a a, a nice intro to one of like the biggest holy crap, like shock moments in all of horror history. We're going to then proceed to the revitalization of the slasher, which we already discussed. We're going to go with Scream. And Nathan will be very happy that he joined this uh, slasher fest Mm -hmm. because then we're going to wrap up with your next. Love it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take a stroll down memory lane and then cap it off with uh, a more modern movie that uh, really sort of tickled my biscuits. Uh, so the the first one, my first slasher horror love, as I mentioned previously in this episode, is the Friday the 13th series, uh, and that would be Friday the 13th Part 2, uh, which gets a little bit deeper into the story of Jason Voorhees and sort of canonizes some things. And it's also pre-Hockey Mask Jason, where he's wearing this like filthy burlap yep. sack over his head that has like one eye hole in it which is kind of 
gives you the the willy nillies and that also i think that's the one that has like the altar with his dead mom's head on it surrounded by candles which i remember the first time watching that being like oh holy shit (laughs) the second one the original nightmare on elm street Mm. i i I love that movie uh i remember just the one scene where they get sucked down to the bed and then it's like a fire hose of blood oh that's that's johnny depp dying yeah yeah no that that and and like the the uh the scissor hands coming out of the bath water it's like oh he's gonna get you uh those movies for for adolescent uh you know early teenage jack uh that was real heebie-jeebie moments there uh but as the 90s and into the aughts uh you know it, it became you know like I don't know. It became less of like a a niche or almost like snuff film or something that uh, you know you rented on the sly into being like let's make this a blockbuster, let's make this a franchise. <laughs> and I never liked the screams or you know I know what you did last summer and stuff like that. But the one movie that came out I think last year or maybe this year that my wife and I watched and just uh, adored the hell out of was Freaky with Vince Vaughn. Yes. Uh, I thought that was such a fresh take and watching Vince Vaughn portray a teenage girl. <laughs> so uh, good. I thought the movie was going to be terrible, but I ended up just loving every moment of it. It was just like a nice, big, greasy cheeseburger and there was nothing wrong with it in my book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, delightful. Uh <laughs> Jack, do we have a a Patreon? Uh, boys do we. <laughs> All right, so for <clears throat> three quarters of a million dollars, which is equal to the budget of the 1982 slasher movie that we just uh, reviewed, uh, we're going to do a, a slasher movie, but instead of three teenage girls, or teenage girls at a slumber party, it's going to be teenage boys at a slumber party. Uh, of course, the opening sequence is the group uh, going to Blockbuster, making their video picks, getting disgusted out of snacks, candy, and soda. As the sun sets, they're playing uh, golden eye death matches on the old N64 while they wait for their pepperoni sausage and extra cheese pizzas to be delivered, along with a healthy mess of wings. While they eat, they watch Hot Shots Part Duh. And after the host parent goes to bed, they decide to go ding-dong ditching in the neighborhood. And this is where the boys run afoul, because they prank the wrong house. Oh, no. Where crazy Mrs. Hirdecure lives. Mrs. Hirdecure's only son, Percy, died during a tragic accident on his first sleepover away from home. Being lactose intolerant, poor Percy went hog wild on the ice cream that she had always denied him. Oh, my God. This caused an excess of gas to build up in his bowels, and when the boys started lighting farts on fire, his got sucked back up into his abdomen, and his abdomen his abdomen exploded, killing him instantly and throwing one leg into the kitchen and the other into the dining room. Now, the boys think they're being sly, but if you've spent time around any adolescent boys or group thereof, they're about as stealthy as a rhinoceros. So she tracks the boys back to the house. She hates them. Boys like this killed her sweet, innocent Percy, and she will have her revenge. Watching them through the windows, she sees them taking turns lighting their farts on fire, and that's when the Kill Bill Rage music starts up. 
She sneaks in through the basement, through the storm doors in the back of the house. And before she can formulate a plan, one of the boys comes downstairs to get a gallon of ice cream out of the freezer. She kills him with a box cutter and using the uh, the tool chest, chisels open his skull, scoops out his brains and mixes it into the thawing gallon of ice cream. She hides the body in the sump pub, leaving the basement again through the same storm doors. The boys are impatient and another one is sent down to get the ice cream. He's all hopped up on Jolt Cola and doesn't notice the coppery odor in the air, but he does see the storm door ajar. He just thinks, my buddy went to go get that game of Mortal Kombat that he left at home. He'll probably be back soon. Believing uh, all is well, he takes that still thawing gallon of strawberry ice cream upstairs and Mrs. Hirdiker watches in glee from the back window as boys wolf down the brainy delight. Sometime later, as the boys put on Porky's, a movie they were expressly told never to watch, the sheer amount of food, snacks, ice, and ice cream has built up critical mass for one of the boys. He goes into the bathroom to relieve himself, and there behind the shower curtain is Mrs. Hirdicure. She gags the boy with a bag of pork rinds and then waterboards him to death using two liter bottles of soda she found stashed in the garage. Two down now, two to go. But Mrs. Hirdicure has been busy. Retreating back outside, she waits for her grand finale. While the boys were eating the ice cream, she had quietly opened the maintenance panel on the outside of the chimney and cut the gas line feeding the gas starter for the fireplace. Unbeknownst to the boys, the family room has been slowly, slowly filling up with the gas. But because it's full of the farts and odors of four adolescent boys, they don't notice. And she awaits the inevitable. She watches as one of the boy, in slow motion, rocks back onto his, uh, the small of his back, raising his legs, spread eagle. The lighter flicks once, <laughs> twice, then thrice, as the, boys ex- the boy expels a momentous fart that has been building for hours. As the flame licks forth from his ass, it ignites the natural gas in the room, and the whole bottom floor blows out, killing the last two boys. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you ding-dong death. And while Mrs. Hirdicure survives, she is badly disfigured from the blast. This could be the start to a lucrative movie franchise. Perhaps a year later, we'll see Ding Dong Death Part 2, Return of the Ding Dong... <laughs> sorry. Ding Dong Death Part Wowza. 2, Return of the Ditch Witch. And Ding Dong Death Part 3, Die Ditch Witch Die. Yes! I uh, would watch this in a heartbeat. So, uh, Patreon out there, <laughs> dig deep, dig deep. Dig deep. It's just a cool three quarters of a million dollars. And uh, we will deliver... Uh, this to you in Roger Corman's honor, but without the nudity and and all that stuff. I have just the director for this, and I nominate Jeff Burnham of Cadavercast. He is already a filmmaker and a, and a script writer and an academic of film. He teaches film. Well, you so run, I, I, you run Ding Dong Death past him. I mean, I will I see if he likes Netflix. He likes Netflix. Picks up if, if he likes Ditch stuff, Witch. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we're gonna talk about that. This could mm-hmm. be the next Squid Game. <laughs> I Good. know, but Drew hasn't watched it. Good. I will watch it by the time that what we record be, our next. Yeah. What have you been watching? Do it, done. Do it, do it, do it. So, uh, all right. What are we rating this, Drew? I will. I will come out and start that off. I really enjoy this movie, but I also recognize, you know, what it what it is and what it does, and you know, there there are there are better movies. But this one just kind of hits me in the feels. I respect it. And it gets a three out of five for me. Drew, you said there are 12 deaths in the film, correct? Yes. Oh, you son of a bitch. I am going to say for the three survivors, there's 12 dead. 
So a 3 out of 12, it is not the movie that, uh, this is not the movie I'm looking for, but I respect that it is your pick, and, um... <laughs> so you get a, you give it a 25%. <laughs> and I got to see some boobies. That's cool. That's cool. It's always, it's always gonna get a point at le- at the bare minimum. But yeah, that was, that was a movie. Wow. <laughs> Well, Nathan, I'm going to have to uh, uh, think on the fly here because oh. you, t- you took my rating system. Good job. Good job. So uh, I will go with uh, one tit and one okay. sudsy <laughs> ass uh, out of the combined nudity in the movie. Uh, we could tally that up, but folks, it's a low score. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Sorry, Drew. I, no, I know you've got feels for this, but the, old, the, 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 best, the best part of this movie was its length you know what you're welcome for the shortest movie we've watched so far <laughs> kind of a redeeming factor <laughs> the, our episode is probably going this to be longer this episode is longer than, than movie. the movie <laughs> uh, Ooh, as of right now it's already side. yeah <laughs> Ditch witch. Die, ditch witch, die. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey guys, you know what? Coming up in two weeks' times, we're going to have Jack's Cerebral Horror. And then Nathan's going to grace us with... I think next up is period film, and then I finish with the last one. Delightful period film. And uh, I'm going to be bringing you guys Antihero. After that. And then I believe sometime in December, you will get my cult mm, class. But more importantly, in December. Bilbo, grab baggins, oh. Bilbo, grab baggins. Da, 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 da. It's the wonderful most time. wonderful time of the year. <sighs> well, guys, if you want to get a hold of us, you can always send us an email at realfeelspodcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. We are at realfeelspod on Twitter. But if you want to call the Tooch line, guys, you can call 661-376-0030. We'd love to hear from you. We want to hear about your favorite slashers, regardless of era, regardless of boobs. We want to hear what slashers you love. Tell us hi. Wish us well. Give us a suggestion for what we should be calling season five. We need a name. We need a name. Moon child. Who are we? I like that. Well, guys, thank you for joining us. This has, in my terms, been a hoot and a half, and we thank you for joining us. Be sure to be uh, checking out any and everything that we have up on our website, and you can go through our back catalog. And a a little side note, by the time this episode actually comes out, Sci-Fi Channel has actually come out with a remake of The Slumber Party Massacre. And it is going to be a sci-fi channel original movie. October 16th is when it came out. I think I'm going to watch Dune first. I'm sorry. Oh, that's fine. Of course you're going to watch Dune first. It takes precedent. Yeah. It does. It does. All right. Well, until next time, guys, you're the realist. Yeah, the feelist. It's over. It's done. <laughs> Tears are filling up their glasses.